0: everyone. I'm Hannah Lloyd and I'm Charlotte Gilfillan. Welcome to our podcast Women in Wellies. Each episode we will be inviting a guest to share their stories, experiences and lessons of working and living in rural Scotland. We want to get to know the real women behind the wellies and share them with you our listeners. Welcome to episode 8 of the Women in Wellies podcast and today we are joined by Mary Robertson. Good morning Mary. How are you?
1: Morning Charlotte.
0: I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well indeed, thank you. What we like to do at the start of each episode is to ask our guests to introduce themselves and just tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. So over to you.
1: So my name is Mary Robertson and I am a chartered rural surveyor. I work on an eight thousand acre estate in Royal Deeside. Um and Lots of what I do involves managing people, land, property, forestry, um, the natural environment, biodiversity, and um, I'm quite heavily involved with the local community where I live in Bankery. So that's a little bit about my work life. So outside of work, um, when I'm not managing the estate in Aberdeenshire, I do a lot of exploring um, off the countryside here, which is so exciting because it's not really a part of Scotland I spent much time in when I was younger. So it's really nice to be able to sort of be a tourist and a resident all at the same time. Um and I am supposed to be training my little gun dog cocker spaniel puppy called Lucy. Um, so we'll see how she gets on in her first season this year, but um I'm definitely not the expert in my household on training training gun dogs, so there is a little bit of um competition going on as to whose dog will work the best. So we'll see, but she's so fun. And um, I get to take her into the office with me. So she's like my little assistant, not that she does very much to, to help me at all. She features in my Instagram and my LinkedIn quite frequently. um, And she seems to get quite a lot of engagement. She must be a lot cuter than I am. And were you brought up in a rural background? Uh, so my family were arable farmers in Murrayshire, Uh, my grandfather was a potato farmer, and so I grew up actually living near the seaside, but had quite heavy um childhood being involved in the in the family farm there. So I got to experience the the best of both worlds in terms of countryside and seaside living.
0: I can only imagine where you spent your time during the tatty holidays then.
1: <laughs> yes, at the farm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All hands on deck. <laughs>
1: Yeah, generally probably creating more of a nuisance of myself than anything because I was quite young um, at the time. So I was either either annoying somebody in the passenger seat of a tractor or picking the wrong things off of the potato grading line. So how did you get into rural
0: surveying then? Was it your agricultural background that inspired you to get into that?
1: Um, that is a very interesting question. So when I left school, I... Um, I didn't know quite what I wanted to do, um, and so having enjoyed various elements of the business management course at high school, I thought, well, that's something that I can definitely take um, further. And I really enjoyed history, so I actually started my academic career on an economic history and business course, um, which quickly changed to business management. And when I finished that, I sort of I thought to myself, I'm not really ready to go off and work yet and I wasn't keen on taking sort of a marketing internship. It just wasn't wasn't something that I was interested in. And I thought, gosh, what on earth am I gonna do if I want to go back to university? I need to make my second degree something really useful. And so I spent a long time thinking about what I wanted to do and trawling through websites of master's courses and open days and things and I went to visit one of the universities in England that does the rural surveying course. And when I heard more about the course content from a few of the lecturers, I thought this is exactly for me. I can take everything I've learned about managing a business, but it also combines where I've grown up and understanding rural Scotland. And so that's what drew me to the course in Aberdeen. And I did that for a year and now I'm a qualified chartered surveyor
0: oh it's such a fantastic experience and it's also good to know that when it comes to rural surveying there's not always the direct route that people think there is there are lots of opportunities to enter the profession and your testament to that certainly
1: yeah definitely there are so many different ways and i think not having a you know rics accredited degree was actually probably really useful because it gave me that extra year to think more about what I wanted to do in the industry and and having written two dissertations, both about different elements of Scotland. It just gave me the chance to really think about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to contribute to Scotland through my work. And do you find that
0: your background in agriculture has helped you with your career when you're out on farms, speaking to farmers, you know, when you're meeting people? Has that been an advantage?
1: It definitely gives me more of a talking point. And I think the more I experience different elements of farming through my career, the more I have to talk about. Um, I definitely am not a farming expert by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I'm not an expert in potatoes, but um, <laughs> I I definitely have been able to use that sort of um, common interest to, to, to further conversations with people.
0: Um, what about your parents? Were they involved in agriculture?
1: So my mum and her sister would have been involved in the family farm when they were younger um but my mum and my dad were both police officers in the northeast of Scotland so a very very different um career but both operating one would say in the rural sector anyway and um, my mum was a a police officer in um an area of northeast Scotland which has heavily farm farming background so she was definitely involved but just not directly in the same in the same way. And, and what did you learn from your parents about their careers? So both were really really dedicated to to what they did and their contribution to the communities that they both worked in I think that's something they've instilled in me for a long time is that ability to be part of something bigger it's not just about you and and what you're doing it's about the contribution you can make to others um, and they also sort of really gave me a grounded understanding of the importance of hard work and it doesn't matter what you're working hard towards as long as you give something your best you know you've contributed what you can and I think that that's been something I've taken all the way through studying and into my work life.
0: What great role models to have such early on. Yeah definitely.
2: Definitely. And I'm just sat here thinking, great great values, great 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 things to kind of kick you off and inspire you, which leads us perfectly on to talking a bit more, um, Mary, about what inspires you to do what you do, any particular people.
1: So I would say that I have been inspired by a lot of different people all the way through my life. Um, you know, there have been people from my like music tuition background that have you know given me an understanding of, of music in Scotland and culture um, and lecturers from university who have helped to guide me to think more open-mindedly about um, what I'm studying or what I'm thinking about and how that can you know contribute to society but also people that I have met through work experience um, and through job interviews um, so, so many people, but um specifically when I first went to think about this career, I always needed to do some work experience and um I went to work on an estate in Murrayshire um through convenience of being close to where I lived and um I worked with somebody who really it was it was their sort of vast knowledge and experience that really made me think, well, actually, I would love to be able to to offer someone, offer a business, offer an individual that type of knowledge and understanding that they had. And that's something that I've carried through since studying the, the Masters and into my APC is it's just so important to learn as much as you can and take learning from every experience that you get. Um, so that's certainly someone that was very inspirational for me um but there's also somebody on the podcast who uh, made a very big contribution to my um my time in this um in this career and that's Charlotte who I met very early on on the hunt for a graduates job. <laughs> I remember when you and I first met
0: and i was I was slightly blown away by your tenacity and um just your enthusiasm, and honestly, it's been an absolute privilege watching you develop as a professional. And I think that you've got some great things ahead of you in your career. Um, and I'm so looking forward to seeing you just develop further.
1: Yeah, I'm so grateful to have had um, somebody that just that I knew I could bounce back on throughout the different stages of of becoming a qualified surveyor and and just someone that was out there doing the same thing or a similar thing that you can can call upon to say oh hang on don't know what I'm doing just now or hey can you give me a hand with this and and knowing that you've got that that backup that team there that supports you is is really important so I'd love to be able to do that for for someone else in the same way that, that you've done that for me
2: but I think it's it's amazing when you find People like that in the sector that you can you know you can like you say, Mary, you can bounce off that you can be that informal mentors for each other to like pick up the phone and say, "Hey, I'm looking to do this, what do you think or people and people who are not in your business as well so that you can you can be really kind of open and share challenges and and I think um there's a lot of that in in rural Scotland that's um that's that's it's absolutely brilliant to see and to hear kind of you know the story of you guys in that way but um I know I know we have already shared others and we will I'm sure um as we go on um the other th- I guess the other thing Mary is is there anything else that inspires you I know you mentioned to us before about kind of rural Scotland in general being part of your inspirations. do you want to share some more on that
1: yeah so obviously I've I've covered a bit of of my childhood being you know very <clears throat> seaside and countryside based and I think that gave me a good understanding but reflecting back at the time I didn't I didn't realize the importance of that at at that time um but now you know I think the more I've become involved in in being a part of rural Scotland the more I realize how important it is to how we live and how our communities are formed and you know learning more about that every all the time it gives me more inspiration you know the more events that I go to the more people that I meet that's the encouragement that I have to keep contributing to that this part of Scotland and I think it's so important that people understand why we're here doing what we do and it's to give back to the natural environment or to the communities or to the people that that create the environment that we live in
2: and it is that that kind of cross-section isn't it of all of those things the natural environment community you know business all of those things keeping keeping going and and where they all intersect is i think what keeps lots of us wanting to work and support rural scotland in general
0: yeah definitely Mary, you're clearly very passionate about continually learning and continually experiencing new things. And I think you had quite an opportunity to do that when you met your partner Hamish.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously, like I've mentioned, my family had an arable farm, which I have openly said I'm not an expert in. But when I met Hamish, he he was heavily influenced by livestock farming and and sheep were his his favourite thing. And so when I met him, he really opened up a new sector of of farming that I could experience from a hands-on perspective that I had never, you know, even thought about entering into before. And I've learned so much from him about, you know, just livestock management and how farms can be really integrated and the different types of people. Um, and he is, um, he's half Kiwi, so he's really passionate about um, you know New Zealand farming and I've learned so much from from him on on you know international farming not just how not just how we do things here in Scotland.
0: Yeah so it sounds like you've learned an awful lot from him but has he learned things from you as well I'm sure?
1: I'm sure he has learned a lot about tenant management and um, <laughs> writing leases from me all the interesting things I would argue that pasture management and soil carbon is a little bit more interesting so he maybe wins that one. <laughs>
0: How do you find being on an estate in terms of the work that you're doing at the moment rather than being part of a a wider firm or an office? I think there's sometimes potential for that to be quite isolating especially early on in your career but have you managed to build up a network of people to surround yourself with?
1: Yeah so when I I first moved here I didn't know anyone in the local area so the team that I work with has been important to me in terms of becoming my sort of local social network and and I work with um, someone who is really you know really active in the community and so he really inspired me to become involved in in wider things but in terms of you know like-minded people and, and others doing similar jobs it was initially very difficult particularly due to COVID and all the sort of events and training things being online to to meet other surveyors. I really only knew the people I'd been to university with. And so in order to expand that network, I've really had to sort of go out of my comfort zone and, you know, really attend events and, and get to know people because I didn't have that sort of firm based network that others, others would have. Um, but I think in terms of the comparisons between working for a firm and working sort of in-house for for one one estate is is really different and important for me you know when I left university I really wanted to work for one business and to be able to see all the way through the impacts of what I do right through to the community and, and being so close to the town that I live in everything that we do has an impact here. And that's something that's really important to me is to be able to see things through right to the end. I don't just want to tick off something on my to-do list. I want to to be involved and then be involved in the future if there's something that comes from that. So I think on two sides, I've been able to try and build up a network, both locally and across Scotland in terms of communities, but also the rural workforce community that I've been able to to get to know.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's a lot that can be taken from collaboration with people across the board, be that, you know, who you're working with directly, be that communities, contractors, other people that you come across. There's a huge amount of value in that collaboration.
1: Yeah, there's so many people work in rural Scotland and so many people bring different knowledge and experience. And it's it's really important to value value them but also value meeting them and and how you can collaborate and learn from each other you know we all have something to contribute and it's important that we give each other space to be able to make that contribution but also take forward new ideas because at the end of the day we have to keep evolving as people and as an industry
0: just looking at some specific experiences then you had quite an interesting experience with an assignment at university didn't you
1: yeah, so um, when I was on my master's course, obviously part of that is studying agriculture, and one of the assignments was to sort of plan out how you would manage a mixed livestock holding. And at that time, I hadn't met Hamish, so I didn't have that, that extra support and knowledge around me, and I thought, oh, my goodness, how am I going to answer this? I have no idea where to start, and I was sort of scrambling around thinking, I just I don't know what to do. So I phoned my grandfather, who obviously had run our family farm um, but he wasn't really an expert in livestock farming so he put me on to one of his friends and so I Julie, came home that weekend and I went to see his his friend who was also a farmer and sat down around the kitchen table with him, his son and his son's son and together the four of us you know worked together to, to put this assignment or to give me the, the bones of the assignment and to to share information and their knowledge of how they would look at something like that. And not only did it help me prepare the assignment and be able to, to to pass that course, but also it just gave me a really like deep insight into that generational knowledge sharing, which is so important in rural Scotland. And it's something that I think we really, really need to value. And that if I hadn't met those three people... I wouldn't have certain pieces of knowledge that I have that both contributed to my time at university, but also just on a longer term scale in terms of understanding, you know, how people value their farm and managing that and how important it is that it stays in the family, but also how we as individuals in the sector can value that ability to transfer knowledge across three, four or five generations of a specific piece of land.
0: I think it's imperative that we all understand the history so we can fully understand and appreciate what we do in the future.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Just going to say on that point I
2: think it's so easy as well to for for lots of stories of rural to feature kind of frustration at being a family business and frustration at that generational challenge and that the, the son or the daughter wants more responsibility before the father or the grandfather is ready to let, to let go and and you know, in my day job, that's kind of the stories I hear relatively regularly. Whereas, you know, remembering the power of the knowledge that's held between the generations is also incredibly, incredibly valuable. Um, so moving on from experiences, I'm like absolutely blown away by some of the experiences you've you've shared, Mary, it's so so varied and in, in still being relatively new into your your kind of career. But um are there any Big challenges that you faced or are continue to face that you want to share?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the one of the things that really has been a challenge for me is when I entered this industry, I knew that I wanted to contribute in a specific way by doing my own thing, and you know, maybe in not working for a firm, I, I started that, but I, I needed to ensure that I didn't just get lost in in the sort of excitement of the sector and really wanted to forge my own path in terms of how I want to contribute to to being here, to being part of Rural Scotland. And, you know, it can be quite difficult to navigate all the different people, the different levels that they're working at, you know, all the different types of businesses that are part of Rural Scotland. And I think it's really important that all through that I've tried to remain true to the ideas that I have and the reasons that I wanted to do this job in the first place are to to expand my knowledge of business to contribute to a community or communities and to be part of something bigger and I think it's it's easy to get lost in everything else that's happening and just to, to follow what others are doing if you want to set the bar slightly differently for yourself. You have to be really aware of what you're doing and and how you manage yourself and the things that you do and, and how you contribute, not only at work, but on a wider scale. And I think that's been certainly a real really big challenge for me.
2: I think it's a really interesting challenge because... Um, And it's something we've talked about a few times on this and I've spoken to a lot of people about over over the last couple of years, but showing up how you want to show up in in any in any context and standing completely by what you believe is really difficult when there's so many influences, you know, Every time you open Instagram, there's somebody telling you you could do this differently or that differently or LinkedIn or, you know, wherever it is. And every networking event, somebody's saying, you know, oh, what about this method or what about that method? And this is better than that and this is better than that. But really being clear on what your own kind of beliefs and boundaries and values and things are and, and standing by them is 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 no mean, no mean feat in, in any sector. But I think particularly in rural where there's a lot of opinions on the way things could and should be done.
1: Uh, yeah I totally agree it's it's and it's just very easy as a young person to say oh well most people think this so I should just think that too but if if that's something fundamentally that you don't agree with then you know it's you've got to have the ability or want to have the ability to stand up and say no I think this this should be how it is or I think that that should be different and I really want to be able to contribute on a wider scale to rural Scotland and I think you need to be able to stand up and say no I, I don't agree with that and I think we should look at it differently and, and look at all the options and, and be able to do that is is really important but you've got to have a lot of confidence which definitely takes time to build when you're a newbie and you're still studying or you're learning or you're doing professional qualifications it can be, can be difficult to maintain that throughout the process.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it, it's it's about asking why isn't it as well you know when when you're going somewhere like you've gone in Mary, and you know there's an established team there's somebody who's your boss and they're you know have more knowledge by um by experience of time you know not not no other reason really and um and they and you're trying to you want to challenge them you want to challenge the way things are being done but doing it politely and it's I just love asking why and I think I'll ask a lot. I ask why a lot. And I'm sure you're the same, um, Mary. You know, why did you do it this way? Why this? Why that? Why, why, why? And until you get to a proper answer or you can have some robust debate about it. And I guess that's where it comes back to what you were saying before about building a network and learning from other people so that you can ask why and say, well, hang on, why am I doing this this way? And they're do- next door, they're doing it that way. Can we, <laughs> how can we learn from each other?
1: Yeah, I think I've been, I've been really lucky to work with someone who, who, even though they have so much more experience in terms of time in the industry than I have, is also the type of person to, to challenge something that they maybe don't believe in or that they don't think is right or that they just want to understand the why, like you say. And so I've been able to hone that skill over the time that I've I've been working with them to say, well, actually, I also want to know the reason why. And I also want to challenge the status quo or to to challenge why somebody thinks something and that's something that I'm really grateful. I've been able to learn from from them whilst I've been working here. Mm-hmm.
2: I think it's it's really it's really important, and it's and it's and yeah, you're right. It's a big challenge, but it's a big opportunity as well, isn't it? To kind of stand by what you believe in and 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 forge that kind of personal brand and personal kind of reputation.
0: Mary, one of the things that we end on the piece of advice that you would give to the next generation of rural women in Scotland.
1: I think. <clears throat> following on from the theme of what we've just been talking about, my advice for anyone, but particularly rural women, coming into into the next generation in Scotland would be to be open, accepting, formidable, encouraging and honest. You know, there, there really is space for every single rural woman to be a part of, of what we do and we, we really must support each other in forging their own path so that we all find our own space to be here
2: love that thank you well thank you so much for joining us today Mary and sharing your stories experiences and lessons
1: thank you so much for having me I'm so delighted to have been asked at such a sort of um, young stage in my career in Scotland that I can give something to people that they can take forward or that I have something to say that is important enough for people to listen to (laughs) definitely
2: and thank you very much for being so open with your stories if you want to connect with Mary on social media, you'll find her details in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Instagram at Podcast to stay up to
0: date with all the latest news. And you can email us with any questions on womeninwelliespodcast at gmail.com and we'd love it if you could leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time!